0: Hey there, folks. Welcome back. It's the Uticast, episode number 83, and this week we are celebrating the return of two-timers member Jordan Carp to the show as he talks about Adirondack Deskilling Company's uh, newest business deals. Uh, plus, we are talking about the inauguration, uh, the Women's March. We're talking about climate change. We have a few history lessons. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, drinks with people we admire and finally we're going to be talking about addictive substances it's a packed show folks all that and more episode 83 we're happy to have you Tony made a good point as he left the studio, so we could get into recording. Uh, that crockpot really does smell intoxicating from out here in the studio. It's very distracting. Yeah, the crockpot is cranking. It's
1: uh, it's funny. It's one of those things you put on because I put it on early, and then I forgot. And then I'm like, I came back into the apartment, and I'm like, what does that smell? Yeah. Oh yeah, there we
0: go. <laughs> uh, but no, it's a good day for it. Apparently, we're ready for another winter storm warning. Is what I was told. The snow's coming.
1: Is so. I heard I I didn't know the snow was coming. When I looked at the weather it said the snow's not coming.
0: Really? Yeah. I don't know. Everything I they canceled everything after work for me at the school. They said, everyone go home. The
1: snow's coming. No, I don't think so. I don't know. Alright, well think so. I looked at the weather like two days ago and that stuff never changes, so <laughs> it's very true. What do you yeah, got? it's true.
0: Now no, now I got nothing. Now it's There's nothing. there again. is nothing. It's a lie.
1: The snow is a lie, folks. You uh, know what happened is people just get these weather advisors on their phone now and they assume they know what it means. Like, oh, there was a weather alert on my phone. Must be snowstorm. It's January. And so people aren't even digging in anymore. People are like, oh, I got a couple notifications. Must be snowstorm coming.
0: That's like one of my favorite like old man jokes. Is like, hey, wish I could be a wetter man. I could be wrong all well, the time I still get paid. <laughs> I've heard that joke about a thousand times. Sound exactly like your dad when you do that. Uh, there's probably a reason for that, hey. I would imagine. Uh, but Kev
1: Sullivan, how Yo. you doing, buddy? How's uh, here been? we are here we are.
0: Yeah, we're here. Trump's America. We're finally here. You made it. I know you're happy to be here. I'm ecstatic. Uh, Listen, so uh, I know we've been, I know that you and I have had a lot of uh, conversations off the air, uh, and I guess we could have it on the air, but how much politics we actually cover on this show. Tons out of nowhere. It crept in. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't mean for it to happen. I think just with the way everything has been going with with The election being so fresh, inauguration just happening and and this being such a tumultuous election cycle, I think it I don't I don't want to say it was natural that it got this way, but I think it makes some sort of sense and I'm hoping fingers crossed that as we get farther away from the inauguration, uh, we can start to filter more of the politics back yeah, out. I would
1: cross every finger I have on that every <laughs> finger I have that that becomes the case. Uh, Well, that
0: being said, I do want to talk a little bit about the actual inauguration itself, though. Um, crossing those fingers even harder. (laughs) (laughs) It's important. Well, uh, and I'll say this. I was, you know, again, I've talked about I work in a school. I felt it was important that I put the inauguration on live, and I did. I put it on live for the kids in my classroom. Uh, Right. Two varying degrees of success uh, because it went on over about two and a half periods, so some of the kids were actually interested and had questions, and some were just, like, parroting what their parents say about Trump, right? It's just, like, either, like, oh, Trump sucks. I was, like, yes. I Thank you, 15-year-old. Like, <laughs> whose opinion? Thank that? you,
1: 15-year-old, for your nuanced
0: opinion. <laughs> your nuanced opinion. Although I don't really hear a lot of... That's, I hear, that's the same opinion I get from six year olds too. Yeah, it's too. pretty much the same. Uh, but I did actually watch most of the inauguration uh, live, for all intents and purposes. Um, I have some highlights and lowlights. I was going to run through them real quickly. And first off, I'll say this. It was a very dour inauguration. I think goes without saying. Maybe it was the rain. Maybe it was the lack of like any entertainment value. I feel like there weren't it, the celebrity thing was true. There really wasn't that many like performances or anything or people performing that got me excited. Well, it
1: there was, weren't really inaugurations yeah. ever. People don't yeah. perform right down there at the Ignor- well, inauguration.
0: I'm just saying it didn't seem very exciting <coughs> in general. Like it all seemed very slapped together. The well, last a lot minute.
1: a lot of the people you know truly whatever you think whatever side you fall on a lot of the people weren't happy to be there yeah you know it's I mean? true yeah yeah a yeah, lot that's of fair. the you know what i mean a lot of the congressional people a lot of people out there it wasn't mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what i mean a lot of people weren't happy to be out there uh, i have a couple of takes it's always pretty slow and pretty dry though like you might be misremembering previous years but like it's always pretty oh. like snoozy i guess i don't know it
0: is well, i was uh, I will say this though I talk a lot about my Twitter interactions and how I, um, I'm i kind of down on Twitter lately. I haven't been using it personally, at least from the Uticast when I use it. But for my personal Twitter, I've been a bit down on it. But I do love events that are happening live across the country that, where you get these immediate responses, right? right? The inauguration was the ultimate Twitter event and also the worst thing that's ever happened to Twitter at the mm-hmm. same time. Because the amount of content people were spitting out during, during the inauguration on social media was really... Highly entertaining, uh, I have to admit. So I think Twitter was probably my big winner for, from the inauguration. I had an argument that is the why is the inauguration not like a national holiday? Now, I'm not saying it should be, but I feel like at some point in time, people would have felt like this was important enough to like, cancel what they were doing.
1: No, that's gross. Uh, if, because if voting isn't going to be a national holiday, well, you, then the, the silly ceremony doesn't need to be. Do you think voting should be a national yeah, holiday? I think voting should be a national holiday. 170 million percent, yeah. You don't Every, think both should be, though? <laughs> I don't I don't see the need for the inauguration. I don't I, right. I don't get the argument for why it should be a day off, mm-hmm. I suppose. Um,
0: so a couple highlights, obviously. Uh, I thought Chuck Schumer was pretty good when he was on there. Chuck showing up as like the lone Democrat speaker, who, who I appreciated because he was very classy. Didn't
1: look too psyched to be there. I would feel a mm-hmm. lot better if I was able to feel a lot better about Chuck Schumer, <laughs> but Chuck Schumer being our New York State Senator, maybe... We're just a little bit too close. I don't know if I trust Chuck no. out there with the ball. I like Schumer because he showed up once at a festival in Brooklyn and just was like, you guys are great. We're like, thanks, Chuck. Yeah, that's what he did that. Uh, he did the same thing at the Boilermaker. He's, he just, he walks around and he'll pause and he's got a bunch of aides behind him. And every once in a while uh, he'll pause and he'll be like, you people are great. This is great. Chuck Schumer. I'm like, that's such an um, like, old school JFK uh, politics way to act and uh, comport yourself. <laughs> a little bit of stocks rising, stocks
0: falling. Uh, stocks rising. I feel like a lot of people are up on George W. Bush right now.
1: W is, <laughs> I tell you what, he's getting his uh, Twilight in the Sun. <laughs> I can't believe it. His Twilight in the Sun. Between that, did you see the parka thing? Yeah, the Pictures the are everywhere where he was having a tough time with the poncho. And it was uh, it was like Aziz Ansari said on SNL there in his monologue where he was talking about, I can't believe I'm like... Thinking back about George wistfully. Bush and wistfully about <laughs>
0: George Bush. Uh, we're going to get back to ease in a second, because he had an interesting quote I want to talk about. Uh, stock down. I feel like Bill Clinton's stock is a bit down. Oh, plummeting. Plummeting stock plummeting. for Mr. Clinton. Uh, between checking out uh, Ivanka Trump, which, I know, I don't think that plummets is stock. I thought it was hilarious. He looked like a total Mm -hmm. savage.
1: Like (laughs) like an absolute savage. Yeah, well, because at this point... I mean, the man's in his 70s. At this Uh, point, what the hell could he care mm -hmm. anymore? You know what I mean?
0: I feel like, though, for a while, people were sort of on the bandwagon that Clinton was, like, one of the best presidents we had ever had for a while, and that's sort of fallen off, like, in terms of his past... History has not been as kind to Bill as I think it seemed like it was going
1: to be. I think history has been as kind as it was ever going to be, but I think that, like pop culture as it pop culture That's rises fair. and falls in waves so like right mm. now it's everybody it's very in vogue to be like oh clinton sort of falling apart and like people like george bush a lot right now so the waves of popular culture ebb mm. and flow but i think history historians are a little more measured in their mm. response to these types of things generally yeah and we're only really i think it takes about you know a good 10 years at least after somebody stops becoming president to really get a handle on like the ramifications because the legacy of your presidency doesn't stop the day that you leave office, right? Because the policies you enact and the, th- the you know, wheels that you set in motion continue to act out even after you leave. So I think it takes some time to really get a full look at the historical scope of somebody's mm. legacy. But that's a fair point, and you're definitely right. Uh, what do you think the historical legacy will be of famed
0: villain Richard Spencer getting punched in the face on TV and becoming an internet meme?
1: Uh... It, if I know anything about internet meme culture, nobody will remember in uh, by the time we finish the segment, perhaps. <laughs>
0: uh, Cliff, had, uh, Cliff Montoni actually had a very interesting point about this, because he was coming down here laughing about it. Uh, it was funny to see Richard Spencer get punched in the face, certainly. Very satisfying for me. Uh, I don't think it was a good look, though. Like, it's it. I think it undercuts the meaning of, like, what your message is when you're just punching people on TV.
1: I I don't know. Probably, but that's, you know, I hear a lot of talk like that. That's actually, that's something that drives me nuts. I'm glad you said that because I hear a lot of talk about it. People are always like, oh, it undercuts your whole meaning if somebody does this. I don't understand this school of thought where the actions of an individual discredit the message of an entire group Mm -hmm. of people. You see the same thing with different, you know, protests that go on. And then, like, if there's protests and a small number of the people or even when they're, you know, quote, unquote, mm. what passes for rioting these days. Yeah, yeah, Which I encourage people to look at history. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, like, if you're talking about people, like, looting, doing stuff like that, people like, oh, you know, the whole message is discredited and people are gleeful to be like, oh, why would you trash your own neighborhood mm. if you're really protesting? I don't think the extreme actions of a small group ever speak for the large group. And I think I mean that when that comes to protesters. I think I mean that comes, probably when that comes to these alt-right folks, when it comes to, you know... Mm. Even people of other religions, other everything, you can't judge an entire message of an entire group of people by the actions of a few extreme individuals. That being said, I think if you want to punch a neo-Nazi in the face, um, know your rights, have a lawyer, put your weight behind it, and, and you know it's yeah. up to you to make your decision that you want to do. But I mean, if these guys want to come out and talk tough about you know rounding people up, throwing people in gas chambers, things like that. That's violent. you got to expect that you're going to elicit some sort of violent response from a certain subset of the population. Uh, as a man who's well
0: documented in Sandusky, Ohio for being one of the strongest punchers in all of the state, uh, I have to say you got to you get that power with your hips, guys. You can't just throw the hand out there haphazardly. you got to turn
1: into it. You know? Yeah, no, I mean, if I were <laughs> look at If I had if I had a bunch of kids asking me about <laughs> it and I had to, like, you know, shape youthful minds and stuff like that, I would tell them, you know, violence is never the answer. Of and course. Like that. Always. And I don't think you should, and I don't think I would punch the guy That being said, if you're going to punch a neo-Nazi... You want to make sure you get all of your weight behind <laughs> really? and twist across the hips. <laughs> you twist twist hard. Because if you're going to do it, make it count. There's nothing worse than somebody doing something extreme like that and it looks like a little like, semi-open-handed slap thing. Like, mm. See, If you're going to go, go all the way. My problem is I've watched too much wrestling. I feel like my move would be to go with like a drop kick, which would not go
0: as well as I think in my head it would go. It would mm-hmm. probably be very awkward and I would land on my back and hurt yeah. myself.
1: I also I feel like I don't necessarily take punches that seriously. It's, big not, it's not. It's not. I guess. It's hard to. I but like I've been. Okay, you've been punched in the face before. Yes. Yeah, so have I, and yes. I've punched in the face before. Yes. And people shouldn't be doing. It. I'm not no. saying we should start <laughs> punching each other at the gas station or whatever. Well. But like, it's different than somebody. I I can take a different tone about it and joke about mm-hmm. it a little bit more than I would if somebody had like mm-hmm. stabbed the guy or taken shots at him mm-hmm. or something like that. You know what I mean? Like I think. Maybe that's what they should do. They should just start slapping these people. Yeah. Like, if you've got a real problem with the neo-Nazi, go up to them and slap them. Then you can, like, challenge them <laughs> to a duel like the 1700s. These people are obsessed with uh, getting back to the 1700s. Uh,
0: so, yeah, there's uh, that's all the inauguration coverage I have really for you. Um, I'll say this. I've heard an interesting theory, and I'll close on this today. Um, a lot of people are upset with, like... You know, Trump hates the media, right? That's a big telling point trump doesn't like the media they're all lying they're all dealing in fake news i've heard this idea and i want to see if you think about it do you feel like the idea of trump as president who's as unpopular as he is quote unquote that it's going to galvanize like the news and the media to be more uh more uh positive not positive with their journalism but more proactive with the way that they pursue news Do you think it will be a good thing in the long run that trump is here and it's sort of galvanizing people into a unit of being like yeah something does have to happen
1: uh, hopefully. I mean, yeah. if there were, I think there certainly will be silver linings to be found sure. in this thing, as there always are with mm-hmm. anything that happens in life. Um, that would be nice if we could find... A little bit more of like you know uh truth and ethics and like hard work in journalism as opposed to just like getting ratings and stuff like that like right it is now, you know what I mean so mm. I would love to see that happen yeah, I'd like to i i would it. love to see i like to read um I read a lot of books about um journalists and journalism mm. from like the thirties forties fifties like the history of journalism and stuff like that, and there's a lot of really admirable people to look up to back mm. in the day, and I don't see a lot of that no. anymore, so I would like to see that come back that's an interesting certainly. point, yeah, yeah. A lot of the
0: famous, like, newspaper writers, journalists, like, they don't tend to be coming out in the last, like, 20 years. At least not that I can think of. Like, my biggest media influence is probably, like, Bill Simmons. What does that have to say? Do you right. know what I mean? Like, that means I'm a snarky douchebag who talks like I... Uh, who talks like I never learned to be a journalist. Do you know what I mean? And that's my niche, right? Like, that's... Fair. And that's maybe... And that's I That's a, a sign of a changing media landscape as well, mind you. But, like, what's that to say that there wasn't, like, some... Some journalist who I looked at and was like, I need to follow this writer from paper to paper because they're talking about the truth. Like, mm-hmm. the, that doesn't happen anymore. At least not for me.
1: It's true.
0: So, all right, good long intro, but I felt like, good, we can get past the inauguration stuff. Uh, we're trying to hit some local stuff. How about that? Local How about stuff. it?
1: I know, right? How about it? Right now, or are we going to break? No, going to break. We're going to break, so we're not going to hit it. We're going to hit it in a minute. 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 Not yet. Now? Now.
0: look on right now, you look like you're heading to a funeral, athletic funeral.
2: Yeah, an athletic funeral.
0: <laughs> Very athletic funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you can get an idea of the subset of the show here, Kevin's enjoying a fine uh, Saranac beer, uh, I'm enjoying uh, a stiff a stiff Jameson type drink, and Mara's going to the gym after this to work out because she's... Uh, <laughs> I'm she's, enjoying the oxygen. The, yeah, the oxygen and fresh air. Very good. Very good. Mara, welcome back. How you been since last time we saw you?
2: Lovely, busy, happy, hungry.
0: Fair. Fair. It's That's how
2: I usually <laughs> how everything's usually going. It's a
0: strong set. <laughs> it's <a> strong set. <laughs> uh so I didn't I didn't want to talk about the women's march because uh, I'm not a woman and I, I did I,
2: figure that out, yeah. Did, I was did catching
0: you, on. <laughs> did you figure that out? I yeah. appreciate that. Uh, I wanna say just a quick thing, I read about it this morning though. Uh Early estimates are saying that the women's march across the country is now considered the largest demonstration in United States history. 3.3 uh, million people in over 500 plus cities. Like, regardless of how you feel about the march or what your thoughts are, that's a really, really impressive. That's awesome. That's amazing. That's yeah. like that's an amazing amount of people. Uh, Mara, take the floor on this. I, I got nothing here. Save um, me.
2: <laughs> I mean, there's there's not too many opinions I have on this. Uh, there are some positive. There are some that maybe people don't agree with, but the one thing I can say is I never have anything against a large group of people where love is just being shown and nothing bad is happening. I've seen things about you know negative protests here and there. Mm. I didn't really look too much into it, um, but anything with peaceful protests I'm okay with and anything that that many people can come together with and agree on one thing is good mm. to me. That's how I feel about it. I didn't personally go. Um, but I appreciate and love everyone that did, mm. you know, I don't know. See, I, it's, it's hard because I wasn't, a... I wasn't there and, <laughs> and, and it, it's hard because I wasn't there and two because I feel like there were so many things that right. people were standing up for that it was almost kind of hard for me to pinpoint yeah. on what was going on exactly. I understand okay. it was women's rights overall, sure. um, but there was a lot going on. So it's hard for me to say, oh, I agree mm. with this. I don't agree with this because... There was just too much going on that I don't feel like I have enough knowledge on it to have a really strong opinion on That's it.
1: That's fair. I'm um, good for you for not forming your opinion until you have the information. Yeah, least. I'm
2: sick of people I think doing about that. so many
1: people form really hard opinions without even like doing any kind of research. And it takes me personally. Look, I don't have all the facts, and it's no. tough for me to give you my like cohesive thesis statement on it when no. I really don't haven't had the time to look at it all. No, yeah. absolutely. That's not. admirable. Well, I think that one of the things that uh, and again, I don't, I'm only
0: talking about this from a like an abstract standpoint, um, I think in I think today more than any other time, um, it's really really difficult to make somebody change their mind about anything. Oh, People yeah. are more dug in, and I don't, don't want to say separated. I feel that's an easy word to use, but it, it it's the wrong definition. Uh, I just it's very hard to make someone open up and think about another concept besides what. They believe in or what they're accustomed to, mm-hmm. uh, and I and I, I teased it in the last segment. Aziz Ansari had a really interesting quote during that SNL performance uh, last Saturday, which was, "Change doesn't happen because of like presidents. Change happens when large groups of angry people get together." And I've never seen a larger group of angrier people than there is right now, like right here. Um, so I think that I think that this protest, more than anything else, it may give people this thing to say, "Oh my God, look look at the amount of people." who are at the protest, look at the amount of people who are at the inauguration and tell me that something doesn't have to happen. Or maybe maybe I'm not looking at the whole picture. Yeah. You know, I don't know.
2: It is unfortunate to me, though, that the people who are looking at this uh, very negatively, Um, it's, I just feel like, especially lately, there is no right to, there is no right way to say how you feel anymore Mm -hmm. without people getting not so much offended but people saying that you're wrong you know you can't peacefully protest you can't do anything aggressively you can't post anything you can't say anything. I feel like now I I feel like in some ways it did more hurt than good mm. but I guess it may I guess you'll have to wait and see. I can't really say yeah, what's gonna hard. happen from it yet but I've just seen so many negative things come up from it
1: It looks like you were saying earlier. I've heard no I've seen I've seen people say negative stuff and have shitty attitudes about it. But I haven't seen anybody come up with one valid argument other than, I don't like this because I don't like this kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like there's, I think when when everybody gets together, like you said, when everybody gets together, it really goes to show that so many people feel Mm -hmm. certain ways or so many people feel connected and they feel like there's something that needs to be done that we're not doing. And even though they're not well defined, this many people are on the same page Mm. I've seen a lot of people like, oh, what rights don't women oh, have? God, yeah. There's 3 million people who came out who think, who yeah. disagree with that statement, yeah. sir. Mm. My favorite one, I saw somebody saying they're like, oh, the reason, you know, people didn't come out, or I think this one was about the inauguration, but like, you know, the reason people didn't come out like this, you know, the Republicans have jobs, they were working. Yeah, because
2: like, Obama... Never mind.
1: Like, well, I was I thought the Mexicans took you guys' jobs. Yeah, it's like, I it's, know. It's, it's- um, is, I but it 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 like, allows. you know, to have all these people come out, every single thing that I've seen against it is like a classic case of moving the goalposts yeah. and just being like, oh, well, what about? Mm-hmm. And like silly stuff, like out of context pictures of a bunch of posters like thrown all over the ground being like, oh, you don't care about the environment. Ah, oh, look at these lazy marchers. Yeah. That's because every single garbage can, this was planned for for a month, every single garbage can was overflowed and yeah. there was a plan to stack them in pre-de- pre-designated areas. Right. But in the Facebook meme age, it's so easy for people to just dismiss it and blow it off, so they're going to have to keep doing it yeah. until people stop just treating it as like, oh, this is dumb, dislike, thumbs down on Facebook. Right. Can I, can I make a point, actually, because it, it's actually an interesting point, because I saw something,
0: I had to go to the defense of the Trump camp for the first time. Uh, did you see everyone talking about the the White House taking down the climate control page like, immediately yeah. after Trump came in yeah, office and people freaking out about that? Yeah, I, I saw the the Gawker
1: Empire freaking
0: out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the things that's interesting about that, I read about this afterwards, the reason that a lot of that stuff got changed over was because a lot of it was imposed, or uh, in place by the Obama administration. Yeah, you have to wipe the
1: slate. There's a new so president. So, a
0: lot of the material that was there was actually moved from the White House page to the Obama Foundation page. It wasn't that the White House went in and wiped the records clean necessarily. No,
1: it's not like Trump sent his guy and was like, alright, now that we're here, now that we've got actually, we've got the keys, get in there, take off these... That's ridiculous. Like, that's people are going to have to be careful about not getting whipped up into a frenzy about every little like clickbait headline yeah. that they see yeah. because that makes it so that there's so much stuff coming all the time that you don't have enough time to even think about stuff or think about whether it's you know truth or not truth and that's where you really get into, like some of that 1984 type stuff where mm. you're just like getting it's almost like you get spammed with scandals so there's so much of it that it doesn't even register something you care about cuz yeah. you get exhausted and, that's, mm-hmm. and to be
0: fair, it's not to say that you shouldn't be concerned, because based on the track record of how this party feels about climate change... Oh, for sure. We should, you know what I mean? I'm saying? Uh, but instead of jumping to conclusion. That being said, I do have a climate... Don't make
1: yourself the boy who cried wolf, mm-hmm. is yeah. what it is. good
0: mm-hmm. point. Uh, for those of you who are still out there denying climate change, however, I don't know if there's any of you who listen to this show, I'd be surprised. If those of you
1: are out there and you're still denying climate um, change, fight me on Twitter.
0: Uh, uh, guys, 2016 was the hottest year in recorded history so far breaking the record set by last year when it was the hottest year in recorded history yeah now who had the record before 2015 that's a good question uh 2014
2: that is weird i wonder what that means is that a progression
0: uh yes guys that is a progression uh this is the third year in a row that the uh, annual uh temperature of our planet has gone up it's only by like one some odd of a degree it's something very small but in the larger scheme of things it's very bad yeah but bad. in
3: one
2: year you know what i mean uh,
0: now to sit here and say well that's only three years that's fine uh climate change has been above average and been going up whether it's been it has it's had a couple ups and downs but in general it's been an upward progression since 1977 so for the last 40 years it's been above the average temperature for what is expected every year that's i don't know doesn't exist though guys well... <laughs> i don't know i don't know man
2: I'm trying to think as, the as I pull
0: a screen. giant
1: sip from that whiskey drink <laughs> as, I, as, I, as I sip my whiskey mm, this, will, this will fix the climate it's, uh, it's it's truly bad. like we, we really get out there and you start talking about large concepts like you know the like group think and the implications on you know people all like thinking certain ways and things gets into like the sociological and psychological aspects of it. It's amazing to me how they've managed to politicize something like climate change to the point where there, there's so many people who will deny just rational stuff. Like when you when you get to a point in your life where you're talking about how the scientists have an agenda the scientists are like crazy and you're talking yeah, about like the scientists Can are the bad just guys. Some stuff You've them? really gone off the reservation yeah. at that point. And like it's a lot of like logical fallacies and straw man arguments and gaslighting with these, you know, the scientists. Mm. But I just, I don't understand how you can ever, like, look and be like, no, it's the scientists that are wrong. I know. I don't know who you're supposed to be
2: listening to about the science of Earth other than the people who study... Like, I don't know who I'm supposed to go to after that if you can't trust them. That's all I'm saying.
0: Well, you don't want to... There's a lot of fake science out there. You oh know my what I mean? God. The fake science. It's the next... That's the next level.
1: See, we start... Yeah. You start talking crazy like this and not yeah. nobody knows if you if, if you even mean it. And, like, the point is become obscured again. <laughs> that's true. Climate change
0: is real. We'll write a letter to your congressman. <laughs> There's There are three things that I can watch on the internet that I watch sometimes just to get me angry and I like to see how long I can get through them. Uh, climate change is fake. That's one that makes me angry when I watch videos on the internet, especially YouTube. Uh, the world is flat. That's another one. You're flat earth. No, so I'm big into the flat earth guys. You like flat earth? I think they're hilarious. <laughs> it's pretty good. It doesn't
1: get me mad. That one just makes me laugh. Uh,
0: and then number three, this one very personally, is the, uh, dinosaurs are a liberal scam. That, that, that there's no such thing as dinosaurs. That's a lot of work. Yeah, a lot of work. To, to bury work. the bones. Are you,
1: are you talking about like creationism? because yeah. the creationists th- those people those people grind my gears they <laughs> <laughs> geared up gotta the, grind them up the creationists like the people like the earth is 6,000 years old and like they've got these things talking about like evolution I mean literally one of the dumbest things you can say like with with your life is oh if it was you know proven science why is it called the theory of evolution <laughs> Like, remove yourself from the gene pool at that point, please. Um, <laughs> yeah, delete your account. Those people get me mad, though. Anytime I see something like that where they're, like, indoctrinating the children. Like, they're yes. explaining like impressionable yes. little six, seven-year-olds who could have been, tough. like real like progressive functioning adult members of society <laughs> does it make and now you... they're
0: like nope we're thousand years old does it make you think about like
1: indoctrination stuff that you
0: did as a kid that you didn't realize was indoctrination Tons. stuff it Tons. makes me think I about think, it all the
1: time i think about that anyway as somebody who was mm-hmm. i mean i was raised catholic i went to catholic school mm-hmm. it's certainly not like those people are catholicism is pretty easy peasy with the rules yeah mm-hmm. for sure uh, catholicism very lax <laughs> with very the lax rules. they're very lax. they uh, let you do That's actually why the Protestants started. They thought that the Popes were too lax. Mm. But anyway, um, but there were, there's certainly, it's just stuff you're told since you're a kid. And if that's the only story you know, like, it's still, for me, as somebody who Mm. considers myself pretty far removed from religion, maybe, if not a full-on militant atheist, I'm certainly way out in agnostic land, like, more or less atheist, or believing, you know, I believe Mm. there might be a thing out there. But you just get told, and it's still tough to question, even when you mm. become to know stuff as you're older, because when you're a little kid... You're indoctrinated.
0: Well, I've had that conversation with you as well, is that, you know... I my thoughts on religion go to very odd places. Uh, my problem is I don't like to use the word atheist because in today's age of triggered people, uh, <laughs> atheist comes with its own like yeah. bag of crap that I mean, now comes with it. Just right? like
1: all the other religions, yeah. it, there's a caricature of an atheist that's painted by the most extreme members yeah. of the group, just like all the rest of
0: them. Yeah. So now it's like, is there something else for people who believe those things but aren't trying to be in your face about it? Like, is there a casual atheism? I, <laughs> or I think like, the, uh,
2: only thing, my, the only thing might the only I think my dad believes
0: in a sasquatch sasquatch mm. sam squanch like, yes like yeah yeah it's like fair die hard really like Isn't
2: die he... hard like goes out
0: wait no he thinks that sasquatch exists
2: but yeah like he's seen like he like he's he seen goes him.
0: looking looking yeah. for sasquatch
2: yeah swear
0: to god he's seen with sasquatch him. does he wait all right so hang on hang i can't on. thank you <laughs> Cross up, out the all, right, second right, all right all right like,
2: you out out can do a whole episode on this with him like you don't understand
0: so i guess what my i guess my one question is why, if he's never seen Sasquatch, when, does he believe the Sasquatch when exists? When I was
2: younger, we were at—he was driving to my friend's house at night, and we drove across. She lives in the middle of nowhere. She lives mm-hmm. like out in Halm pan. Okay. And we drove past her house, and we were turning into her driveway, and as we took the light, the you know the headlights over this ditch, we saw something crawl into the ditch. And I was like, okay. oh, that's weird. He's like, oh, that's weird. He saw something that was tall, big, hairy, blah, blah, blah. So ever since then, every year in the summer, he goes back to that exact same spot and searches that whole area. And every time I go to his house, what is he watching? Finding Sasquatch. Mm. Every day. That's a, his thing.
1: Wow. Yeah. What a madman. That's amazing. Um, yeah. The one.
2: He's, <laughs> He's got nothing else to I'll do. Say right this, else. I'll, say yeah, I'll, I'll say this.
1: I'll say this. He's very bored.
0: I'll say this. Unlike the Loch Ness Monster, which seems a bit outrageous, you could, uh, uh, there's like a, well, I don't want to say a 1%. You could sell me on the idea of, like, a monkey man living in the woods. It seems easier to hide or conceal from a long distance of time, although I don't necessarily think I believe in Sam Squanch, but I think <laughs> it's an easier sell for me than something like the Loch Ness Monster. I am all in on aliens, though. I'm I, not saying the aliens yeah. have been here. I just, I'm in on aliens. I think that's real.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think you can, you start to sell me harder on the whole Sasquatch thing when you start to blend in some of, like, the Yeti and the yeah, fact the that, Yeti. okay, so maybe if there's this, you know, giant hair-like ape-man creature, whatever it would make sense if we live in colder climates where there's yeah, not a lot of people. people so if you're talking yeah. about like these vast tracts of Canadian wilderness I guess theoretically but still it seems like today's day and age somebody would have found definitive proof I don't know I it's don't true know. well that's
0: why the Loch Ness Monster one is bad for me because it seems like it's just one lake guys it's just this one waterway like if you can't find <laughs> it it's been a really long ocean, time it's though. not there do you know what I mean Sam Squanch could be anywhere. He could be all over the wilderness. He could be in the Adirondacks, out in the Sierra Nevadas. He's all all over the place. I've dated some
2: men who could have been mistaken for Sasquatch. so I, I highly believe he may be out there.
0: Hmm. So we, we waylaid all the local discussions about uh, state budget and talked about Sam Squanch,
1: which is what we. What is the Sam Squanch thing? (laughs) 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 The Sasquatch. You know what I'm (laughs) saying? I've never heard. I've never heard Sam Squanch before. Somebody, some listener on the show will understand what
0: the Sam Squanch reference is and is going to hit us up on, uh, on Twitter. Uh, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you after the show. Someone on Twitter will let us know. Uh, let's let's go into this week's interview. We've gotten off the rails with Sam Squanch. I think it has to Sorry. do with the fact... No, that's okay. I was good. <laughs> I think it has to do with the fact that I had a little drink here. Speaking of having be. a little drink... You're like three sips, you're fine. It's a little drink, yeah, a little one. Um...
2: A lot of oxygen.
0: We have, for the first time in a long time, a new member to the Uticast Two Timers Club. That, wow. yeah, that is co-owner of Adirondack Distilling Company, Jordan Carp. Now I see why you're in the whiskey mode. Yeah, makes sense. yeah. Uh, so Jordan came back over this weekend uh, before all the big, big NFL games, which we laughed about. Neither of us were excited on watching. Uh, we had a great conversation about uh, Adirondack Distilling, uh, their brand new expansion, their partnership with uh, Chopin Vodka, and their plans for the future. So let's uh, take a listen to Jordan Carpenter. club here on the Uticast, people who've been on the show twice we give away small trophies for them i actually have oh it. really oh it's yeah. awesome i have a trophy yeah it's back up here aha yeah so oh,
3: congratulations uh, two timers oh, club thank you yeah man it's a very prestigious award it's <laughs> it's no being on time magazine 10 times like uh, donald trump but i'll take it <laughs>
0: Well, you did not have horns on in this picture, so it's okay. Uh, but, well, okay, congratulations. I look back. I had to go back and listen to our interview all the way back in episode 14. Wow. 14. We're on episode 83, 69 episodes ago since you've been on the show. And
3: how many was Joe Marino on? Is he a, is he a two-timer club? He is only a one-timer. Well, there you go, Joe. See, <laughs> so you one up him. You have a trophy now. And I'm, like, a half inch taller than him, which <laughs> makes us both under five feet. <laughs>
0: Um, are you, maybe you're like me, I'm not very tall, but because I come up in an Italian family, uh, I'm like the tallest member in my family. <laughs> uh,
3: <I'm, laughs> i I come from child. the, uh, North Shore of Long Island, uh, Jewish family. So we're all kind of <laughs> trying to hide from something.
0: Uh, oh yeah, of course. Well, you know, we're all trying to run away from something somewhere. Uh, and I want to thank you for coming in again. It is, sure. uh, it's... Uh, It's a Sunday morning. You could be home getting ready for the NFL playoffs or whatever you do. I don't Uh, watch football. You're not a football guy? No, but the
3: Rangers are playing the uh, Red Wings right now. So I am am, uh, sacrificing that.
0: What's your beef with football? I'm not like a big NFL guy either, to be honest. So I
3: went to uh, prep school and we didn't have a football team. And I would never played a down of football in my life. Um, I grew up playing hockey. I played hockey in college, and um, I just was never a football fan. I don't know what to tell you. I'd rather do something else on Sundays. I bought
0: into the concussions thing. I watched that documentary on PBS, and then I told my my like my sister to not let my nephews play football. I was like, just don't let him play. Tell him to play soccer. <laughs> uh,
3: well, you get a lot of concussions in soccer too.
0: Yes, I know from all the headers. I,
3: I had like six concussions. Yeah, really? uh, yeah. I missed my second half of my freshman year in college. God, uh, I took a hit to the top of the head in hockey, and um, I missed. I missed the last second second half of the season my freshman year. I didn't get back until my sophomore year. It it was terrible. See, I think I had a concussion. I got. A yeah. con-
0: I think I got a concussion once in a car accident. Yeah. Um.
3: Yeah but
0: to to have it happen that many times that must be that's got to be horrifying.
3: I isn't? used to have perfect vision. I used to have a better memory. Oh yeah, it's really? it's, it's it's weird. Like I've um it's kind of really personal but I, in my will I've left uh my brain to the uh the BU. You just, really? No, yeah, I really oh, did. I man. put it in I put it in my will. Oh
0: my god. I think yeah. no, see I think that's I think that's dope actually. I think that's amazing <laughs> because I I don't know
3: I'm like an organ donor guy. I got it on the thing. So do I. Like, I. Yeah, I'm into that. I'm, I'm oh, for it. So my, and not to bring politics into this, but Oregon, like, I think organ donors on your on your license, it should yeah. be an opt-out pro- program rather than an opt in Yeah, interesting. I'm a big fan of that, yeah, that I'm idea. Big... <laughs> well. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about booze. Yeah. think <laughs> you stop uh, there. Did we stop?
0: Yeah. No, no, it's just, (laughs) I'm telling you, it's this old computer. Nah, I'll I'll get in there and do my (laughs) editing magic. Uh, But of course, uh, co-founder of Adirondack Distilling Company, Jordan Karp.
3: Welcome, welcome back. Some big changes since last time you've been on the show. It's uh, 69 episodes, so it's a long, long time. And uh, yeah, a lot of changes have happened. Uh, so the biggest thing,
0: obviously, you guys uh, – maybe you can explain it better than I can with the actual business model. You guys have joined up with uh, – Yep, yeah. Chopin.
3: So um, we uh, now have a national distribution uh, deal. It's actually international as well mm-hmm. with uh, Chopin Vodka Imports. And, and so what that what that is – Chopin Vodka mm-hmm. is a Polish vodka, um, and they set up a company called Chopin Limited mm-hmm. in the United States to help um, with their distribution in all 50 states and Canada and cruise lines and the Caribbean mm-hmm. and uh, they uh, were looking for some small brands small family owned brands to uh, to help grow and and grow their distribution as well and so uh, met with a lot of different distilleries they did and, and um, came upon us and had you know a few few months here and and decided that uh, that really? they'd like to take us on and you know tad Dorda, who's the who's the founder and and president of Chopin came over from Poland to meet and uh, went to Taylor and the Cook one night mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was, you know somebody came right from Poland to uh, to to go <laughs> so um, and uh, yeah it was it's it's been a really good um, partnership so far in terms of just getting rolling we haven't really moved any more cases but the, the sort of work behind the scenes has mm-hmm. been um, just. Uh, there's been a lot of work. So they re- they reached out to you guys initially, or did you have to? Proceed? No, no. They they reached out to us, and uh, they were looking at a few different distilleries, and they're looking for really the brown spirits, which are which are really the growth uh, potential you mm-hmm. see around the world is bourbon and American whiskey. It seems is, like it, yeah, yeah. And so that's what they're going to be doing with us is, is bourbon and American whiskey. And so nice. We've got another couple of things up our sleeves, but that's um, mm-hmm. you know two, three, four years down the road. So I guess I have a two part question uh,
0: based around this. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, for you in terms of like day-to-day stuff, number one, Mm -hmm. and what does that mean long-term number two, but I guess, yeah.
3: So day-to-day stuff, it is, um, you know, I used to spend a lot of my day uh, trying to, you know, find different distribution mechanisms, how to, you know, if I want to get into, let's say Massachusetts or Vermont, you know, which is a control state, which means the government actually owns the liquor stores, that process is kind of getting taken care of. And there's somebody who's going to be looking at our business every day in terms of, you know, um, you know in other places. So, you know, we just have to focus on our brand, mm-hmm. um, a little bit of marketing, um, but just sort of making the quality products that we have. And then thinking, it it frees us up to look sort of 12, 18, 24 months down the road and say, what else can we make? What else can we do? And sort of helps us innovate a little bit and sort of with with the backing of knowledge that, hey, look, you know, we're going to be probably in 10, 15, 20 more states mm-hmm. Um uh, and territories uh, in that time, so it, it it frees up a lot of the uh, boy. I really wish we were in Pennsylvania liquor stores, right. which are all owned by the government, which is really hard to get into. I wish I, I wish we can get into Florida. Right, you know right. all those things sort of get taken care Never of. Never really thought about that. Yeah, from
0: like a from an yeah. I mean, it's it's
3: interesting because you're in a we're in a volume business, so mm-hmm. you know it's I'm not trying to necessarily attract customers to us, although we loved giving tours and samples and tastings and and sales out of the store, but like. We're not trying to necessarily draw people to our store. We're trying to export out of our store, mm. so that sort of um, trajectory uh, is sort of taken care of a little mm. bit. Mm. Not to say that we won't be part of it, but it's it's mm. it's, it's we've got a nice sort of backing there. Mm. So going
0: forward, does this mean like? Um like new products, or does it just mean it focusing does. in a narrow product?
3: Yeah, but, so, so uh, they'll be doing the bourbon. So we get to keep upstate New York, which sure. is one of the things that we talk to them about. Like uh, nothing changes in upstate New York. We, we have our own distribution in upstate New York. We're keeping that. Um, but outside of upstate New York, uh, they'll be taking bourbon uh, and American whiskey, which isn't even on the market in upstate New York yet. Mm. And we'll do. We'll be doing some other things. Uh, straight bourbon, which is aged for over two years. We'll be doing some fun stuff with some wine barrels. So the the sort of uh, portfolio will grow um, in the on the brown spirit side in places not only in upstate New York. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Now it's funny that you talked about the branding, and I want to come back to this because sure. uh, I was talking to my old man a couple of days ago, and he's a he's a fan of your product. And I mentioned you it oh, on the show, and um, we're talking about the the Chopin thing, and yep. and. He's, uh, he was like, yeah, it's a good idea because the Adirondacks, in general, is a good branding name. It's a very particular <laughs> yeah. like area and vibe.
3: Yeah. Um, so it's actually very interesting you say that. So we're going to make a couple changes to the labels really? that, that highlight yeah. Adirondack. Nice. Um, uh, on the bourbon and, and American whiskey. So, yeah, we're going to be playing up Adirondack mm. uh, as much as possible. Um, because uh, for people that don't even, you know, people sort of intuitively know this but <laughs> don't think about it a lot, like... A bottle of booze is mostly water, yeah, yeah. and so water is a pretty important component, yeah. and sort of have the sort of Adirondack as a known quantity uh, outside of New York and even outside of the Northeast, it, it helps play up um, play up that sort of, uh, that brand. Well, because in an odd sense, I think about it like the Adirondacks is almost a
0: global concept.
3: You say the Adirondacks, it's very
0: particular, not just the United States, but as a concept in general, it's easily like directable in a way I don't know I just add, yeah, so, I know it's kind of weird. so
3: it's like, interesting one of the first conversations I had with the Chopin guys the, and the executives all yeah. live in California and they're yeah, like yeah. you know we'd like to really tell the story of the Adirondacks and I, and I I said look I you know I wouldn't disagree with you but do enough people know what the Adirondacks are and I don't want to sound um, kind of petty when I say that and they said, absolutely everybody knows who the Adirondacks are. Everybody knows what an Adirondack chair is. Everybody yeah. knows. And I, I said, Wow, well, that's that's uh, that's kind of news to me in a good right. in a really right. good way. But um <laughs> but that that's the case and then sort of we're gonna tell the story of the Adirondacks and mm-hmm. and um and uh in a much more profound way. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh last time you were on the show we talked a lot about like the craft booze market in general and we'd sort of I think we had mentioned it it almost feels like it's like twenty years behind like the craft beer industry. Absolutely. Uh how do you feel like that craft booze mentality sort of translates into like a national thing? Like, is it hard to keep that sort of craft mentality when transitioning to a nationwide product? Um,
3: I don't think so because yeah. we'll still be driving some innovation again with some wine barrel stuff yeah. and some interesting, uh, different mm. takes on on some products. Um, I mean, I'll tell you that uh, there's a product out there called Angel's Envy, which was they don't even they don't make their own. Pr- like they don't make their own alcohol. Like a right. lot of the craft distillers don't actually make their own alcohol. We do, mm-hmm. um, and they're they buy it basically on the open market and then age it in a wine barrel. And so they don't make any of their own products. Same thing with High West. They're in Park City, Utah, and they so High West and Angels Envy each just sold for over a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the growth is there. The market is there. Mm. It just. Uh, unlike the craft brewing industry in some ways, like it just takes time, right? Like you want to make a straight bourbon, it has to be in a barrel for over two years. Mm. I mean, that's just a lot of money sitting in a barrel for a long time. So, you know, again, the the sort of trajectories there, we we are, again, 20 years behind the craft brewing industry. And I think you're going to see, you're going to start to see some real consolidation mm-hmm. in our industry. Um, and uh, and I think that that's, that's a good thing because, you know, those of us, and I say this because it benefits me too, those of us who make our own alcohol, which aren't a lot of us, are at, a, uh, at an minority. advantage yeah, yeah. over somebody who just buys it on, on um, mm. you know, on the, the wholesale market. Mm. Um, I don't know if that answered the question. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good. No, it's good. Uh, so I, this is
0: kind of vague. I was thinking about this earlier. Uh, for the last few weeks, I've been late night watching uh, Entourage on HBO. Uh-huh. Do you remember that show? Of course. Okay, right. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you guys need to get some sort of celebrity brand behind your product. Like, like Avion. Avion? Yeah. So like, I, I love know.
3: Avion, by the way. Have <laughs> you ever, do you have it? Like, I, I hate that I like Avion because I'm so not the, like, um, I don't want to like it because it's in Entourage, but it is really, it's my favorite tequila. No, I... And I, I, I drank very little um of our own product at home because I drink it at work. Yeah, i was curious and about so, that. And so like actually. I drink a lot yeah. of rum at home, I drink a lot of tequila rum? at home. Interesting. Yeah. Um and like there's some really good rums out there, uh, mm. very good aged rums that aren't too expensive and I drink a lot of tequila and like Avión tequila is a real it's like my it's my favorite tequila and I feel so like kind of like a I this is a I, you may have to believe this but I feel like a star fucker like by that. like liking Avión tequila. <laughs> no, it's and true. I don't no, want to feel like, like that, but it's really no. good. And
0: it, I know what you mean though cuz I I did that as a Couple couple years back, I yeah. went out with my buddy. We used to think that those Michael Imperioli eighteen hundred tequila commercials <laughs> were the greatest commercials that ever existed. They were so bad; it was yeah. just like him being a jerk. Yeah. So we went out. I got him like a bottle of that for his birthday. We're like, dude, like Imperioli. It was a bad decision. We thought. Yeah,
3: it pretty- it's the uh, it the Christopher Maltasanti uh, eighteen hundred tequila. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I pulled uh, that name right out of my head from, from *Sopranos*. If yeah. you can get Imperioli, though, I think that. <laughs> yeah. would be... That. So what's interesting? So Stephen Colbert's mother <laughs> yeah. was a huge fan of the Adirondacks. And believe me, I've thought about like sending really? him a bottle. Oh, of her. yeah, yeah. So Stephen Colbert, if you're listening uh, to this podcast, <laughs> Yo, please, please <laughs> just shoot me an email. Uh, but yeah, Stephen Colbert's mother was like very into the Adirondacks. There are a couple of celebrities like um, you know, I think Vigo Mortensen lives in the Adirondacks or something.
0: Adrian Brody lives in the Adirondacks. Somebody's got yeah, a camp yeah, in the Adirondacks. Yeah, yeah. right. Also, too. Matt Damon. Yeah. That's for like two people out there who I'm friends with who have I have an in, inside joke about Matt Damon and his. Does it have
3: to do with um, that that movie with uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Team no. America. We
0: always we always go up camping in the Adirondacks. Okay. Adirondacks. We go to the, well, we go to Inlet. I don't know if that's considered the Adirondacks. It is. It's, yeah, uh, it's in it's, it's
3: in the inside
0: the blue line. Uh, we always see some guy's cabin that has uh, a seaplane, and we've for years been joking that it's Matt Damon, and then he just <laughs> flies in by seaplane and then seaplanes out. Um, nice. So I gotta say. Uh, Last time you were in here, you're wearing the Tufts University hoodie right now. We I talked am. a little bit about it. You're a Long Island guy. I am. And we talked about that last time you were on the show. But I'm kind of curious because we've sort of evolved that question since you've been here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think the Long Island stereotype is and do you feel like you embody <laughs> it? Because I'm curious. I'm curious because every time people come on like Whitesboro or Hartford, I always ask them that same question. But you're like a Long Island guy, so I feel like I have this rare <laughs> opportunity to ask you if you like – if you were aware of it when you were down there, or it existed, or if you—oh, like yeah,
3: yeah, absolutely. So, what do I think a stereotypical Long Island? Yeah, is yeah. Like? Stereotypical Long Islander is a guy from Long Island. I think you just step on the campus of SUNY Albany or Syracuse, <laughs> and you can find out what that what that is. I, I feel like everybody I talk to. So, I went to Tufts University, which is outside of Boston. Yeah, I felt like half of Tufts. Was from long island but like yeah, yeah. everybody i talked to they're like oh my god half of long island must have gone to my school yeah, yeah. so it doesn't matter if you went to you know cornell or or, or like suny fredonia <laughs> yeah, or like yeah, yeah. uh you know skidmore you, you know half half of long island seems to have you know infested uh. those college campuses so what would i say a, a typical long islander is um probably somebody who complains a lot all right um like very uh and this is not me like very um uh you know fashion conscious yeah and uh You know, just there's a lot of um, exterior. Everything is perfect. Okay. And uh, you just sort of peel that on your back and everything's a disaster like the rest of us. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's normally what what it's like. Are you an Islanders fan? No, I'm a Rangers fan. A Rangers fan. So I grew up with all the Islanders kids. Mm. And um, my hockey coach growing up was an Islander for for a long time and won four Stanley Cups with them. But yeah, so I know a lot of the Islanders kids. Have you been back down at all? Do you go to Long Island at all anymore? Uh, I, I haven't been in a few years, but yeah. uh, I, I'm down there. I have not been to an Islander game since they moved to Barclays. I've played a lot in the Nassau Coliseum, and boy, that is a shithole. <laughs> yes, it is. It's crummy. <laughs> um,
0: I don't want to get too heavy into this. Yeah, uh, because we talked about it a little bit for the podcast. You, you were a politics guy in college, and yep. I'm, I'm, we're not going to get into politics <laughs> too much, but I want to ask you, because you seem like a thoughtful guy.
3: Seem. You, seem you, like <laughs> a thoughtful
0: guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, in our conversation, <laughs> uh, are you burned out by the way that this this election has gone? You, do you feel like you're more or less connected to this election that happened because of the way it's, it's played out?
3: I was burned out before Thanksgiving, yeah, and I think the last couple of weeks... Mm. Have kind of energized not only me but I think a mm. lot of people. Um, whether you're for or against, yeah. it, they've energized yeah, you, and I want to sort of yeah. like tip my hat there. No, but, I know, I know. Um, it's uh, it, I think it's I think a lot. I think both sides are sort of dug their heels in and entrenched, mm. and I'm not. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but um, I think what you saw this weekend was kind of a corollary to what the Tea Party sort of started in 2009. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, um I mean, I was at the 2012 inauguration and it was yeah. awesome. Oh, man, um awesome. or it's 2013 technically. And, <laughs> right, uh, right. Was still and, Yeah, it was um in the 08 one or 09 I was actually mm. living in DC at the time, so that was oh, I didn't man. dare step foot out of my house all day. <laughs> um but uh I I I'm not I I was burnt out, but I think I'm a little more energized based on on what's been going on. Um and uh you know, we'll we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, all right. That's fair. That's very. That was good. That's that's. Was that political? No, that was good. That was political yeah. enough. That's no, I didn't. It's that's that's kind of what I mean though. Like I've gotten to this point now where I'm just like I'm scared to like have conversations about it because it's I, I don't know. I think everyone's wrong, right? I <laughs> feel like everyone's always wrong now.
3: I, I just what I find scary <laughs> is included, that by the is way. that uh, yeah you know almost no one will will be open minded to another point of view yeah. and say to somebody you know what that's a good point. Or like, it's you know what? Point. That's right. Yeah. And, and I, I think that is really kind of toxic. Yeah. And you go on Twitter and you go on Facebook and you go on wherever and everybody's just talking to each other and just with who yeah. they agree with. Yeah. And echo it, chamber. It, it, yeah, yeah. It's like a circular firing squad and yeah. it's just not healthy. I mean, it's just really not healthy. And like hmm. just, you know, I, and it's tough. You got to take a deep breath sometimes. Like most of my friends are not of the same political party as me. And okay. you just got to take a deep breath and say, okay, well, you know, but you have to listen. I mean, I think that's, you know, we just like to talk over everybody oh, else. Yeah. And, like, the one thing you have to do is just listen. I think if we did more listening, I know that sounds kind of, um, you know, kind of uh, soft. But, you know, uh, if you that's... do more listening, it's you, you, I think you'd come to say, like, people actually have a lot more in common than you think.
0: Uh, at the end of the day, right, if you think, I think, I'm like a big space guy, big mm-hmm. into, like, outer space. And I tend to think on, like, that kind of scale sometimes. Yeah. So I'm like, we're all sort of living on this one Big rock in space, right? We should probably be more chill to each other. I know that's really, that's kind of hippie sounding. I know, but like I don't know, it just seems counterintuitive.
3: Yeah, I, no, I, I agree. agree. By the way, did you, did you read in the New York Times the the astrophysicists have figured out how many galaxies are in the universe? No, I did not. Two trillion. Two trillion. Two trillion galaxies.
0: <laughs> There's nothing else out there, though. It's just us. Just us. It's right? Just us yeah. Yeah. What are the chances? Um, Listen, uh, before we get to the non-sequitur questions here at the end, which were not in existence when you were on the first
3: time, uh, where can people reach out to get more? Adirondackdistilling.com, obviously. Um, Yep, adirondackdistilling.com. Info at adirondackdistilling.com goes right to me. Um, And I answer emails as quickly as I can, sometimes one in the morning on a Wednesday. Um, And uh, our phone number is 315-316-0387. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. Everywhere. Yeah, slide into our DMs, whatever you want to do. (laughs) Social media (laughs) conscious, look at you. We even have a cool Instagram. Oh, Instagram guy. Yeah, you get to uh, see us emptying barrels and stuff on Instagram. It's actually kind of cool.
0: See, that's the problem that I feel like with Instagram for me, is like you have like a dope environment with cool stuff to take pictures of. I only have so many things around the studio that I haven't taken an Instagram photo of already. Yeah, but you can get a little artsy with it. Art's true. You can I'm, do a little artsy. I'm less artsy stuff. than I... I think then I look take kind off. of like an artsy yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, guy. <laughs> so let's get to the non-sequitur questions. These are the same six questions we've been asking everybody on the show for the last 40 or some odd episodes. And because you're on here, I actually added a special one just for oh, you. Good. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Just because it seemed like it made sense, because yeah. uh, it's a booze-based one. Uh, and if you... The first question is, if you could have a drink. With anyone, alive or dead, who would it be,
3: and why? Alive or dead, who would it be? Andrew Jackson. Andrew my, Jackson? Andrew, Andrew Jackson is my favorite president. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I named my son Jackson after Andrew really? Jackson. Really? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, I think he was very misunderstood. <laughs> so I know that sounds horrible, but he no. really was. If anyone reads uh, American Lion by John Meacham, his biography, it's... it's uh, he is not the um, villain that uh, I think modern society makes him out to be. He did some horrible things, no doubt, but, yeah. um, but way more complicated than, than one would, <laughs> would initially understand. Nice. And if, what drink would you have with him? Well, uh, obviously, you would have bourbon with him. I mean, he was from Tennessee. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, very good. So that was a special question yeah. just for you. Uh, these are the songs he always do every week. Uh, Jordan, how do you take your coffee in the morning? Black.
3: Black. I like my coffee flavored coffee. Coffee black. flavored yeah, coffee. Yeah, absolutely. No, no sugar, nothing. Another black. tick on the black line. Very good. Very yeah. good.
0: All right. And what was your first automobile?
3: My first automobile. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! I think I might have stolen my parents' uh, Jeep. Was it was Jeep uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee a couple times. In the boxy style. Ones. Oh yeah, those. You bet. That's the best yeah. era for Jeeps. Yeah. Th-
0: it was. It was. It was pretty good. <laughs> those were great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you may or may not have taken that Jeep Grand Cherokee to see it, but what was your first concert or live music performance? James Taylor. James Jones, Taylor. Jones
3: Beach. Mm. Mm. I get I, made fun
0: of for liking James Taylor.
3: I, so why? I don't know. Like I, I might mean, have been the only person there under 60. <laughs> but um yeah, I get made fun But of. like James Taylor rocks. Like what's wrong with James
0: Taylor? My mom had the James Taylor Greatest Hits like CD yeah. uh, and I I must have listened to it a million times as a kid. It's the best. It's like it's, it's like soft boy music though, right? A little bit. Like Yeah,
3: that's what, like, that's what I've been told. Maybe. I don't know. I just feel like if, if you like James Taylor or somebody else likes James Taylor, like, there's, like, not a lot you're going to disagree about. I like the song Mexico by
0: James Taylor. It's a great song. That's a good song. It's a good song. There's I like some... all that whole album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also like uh, the one where he swears at the end. What's that? Uh, Steamroller. Steamroller. <laughs> well, that yeah, that's on the live album, right? Does, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know <laughs> yeah. exactly what you're talking about. Uh, all right. So, uh, similar uh, similar concept. Uh, book, album, movie, or television show you are currently reading,
3: listening to, or watching book album television show so I'm making my wife watch Mad Men again really she missed it the first time around mm-hmm. I missed um, it the first time around I'm too. actually this is random I'm reading a book about um, uh, hockey analytics which I'm just a nerd <laughs> about so, like, I was not a very good math student, but, like, I've gotten more into math, and so I'm reading a book about hockey analytics, and there's also good, um, after that, I have a baseball analytics book I'm going to read.
0: Uh, I have a book, actually, called Soccernomics in my life. Yeah, yeah, you Yeah,
3: if you want to yeah, read it, I'll, I'll put it on your list afterwards. You got it. I'm like, I don't understand what a standard deviation is, but this is pretty cool. There's
0: <laughs> good stuff in there. It's good. Uh... I'm going to set the scenario for you. Uh, You are the world wrestling heavyweight champion. Uh, You are making your way down to the ring to defend your title. The crowd is cheering your name. And as you walk down the ramp, what song is playing in the background?
3: Um... Mexico by James Taylor. Mexico by James
0: Taylor. Excellent, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> All right, and uh, and last but not least, uh, besides bourbon, uh, politics, hockey, uh, James Taylor's Mexico. Uh,
3: Jordan Carp, give me one more thing that you are passionate about. What am I passionate about? Yeah. Oh boy. Sleeping late. Oh, that's the best. Thing, I can't man. do it anymore, but I, I oh, used to dang. love it.
0: You know what? That's like, I'm getting, I just turned 31 a few weeks ago. And I know that, and however old that is to whoever it is out there <laughs> listening to this is all relative because it's the oldest I've ever been. So for <laughs> me, is a true statement. So for me, this is as old as I've ever been. Uh, I work like, I work... A job where I have to wake up relatively early every yeah. week. So for me, sleeping in, the context of sleeping in has changed now. Like, sure. Sleeping, if I sleep in until like 10 o'clock now, that's like. That's I haven't slept late. till 10 o'clock that's, in years. That's a really late one.
3: Yeah. Did you ever, like, when you were in your 20s and people were like, oh, wait till so you turn like 30, your body just starts to deteriorate? And you're like, yeah, go fuck you're I lied. Yeah, no, I lied.
0: You're like, I that's like, never going to happen.
3: And now, like, I get out of bed, I'm like, my knees hurt. I got to pee in the middle of the I, night. The whole deal.
0: I work with, like, um, like a teaching atmosphere yeah. so I deal with a lot of the kids and they 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 laugh at me I'm like listen you don't understand like you don't understand what it's like to be like dehumanized until you lean over to pick something up off the ground and throw your back out like just <laughs> you do <you know> <laughs> mean like until you slept funny on your neck yeah. and your head hurts the whole day I, it's
3: I, I thought I was gonna be 23 forever where I could like oh, literally go out drink till like two three in the morning boot rally yeah. come back the next day like bright-eyed bushy-tailed at 8am and go back to work <laughs>
0: Outside of playing in a band, a lot of my mid-20s to early... like Mid to late-20s, a lot of that's one kind of big blur. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't remember a lot of the details, just I the agree, overviews.
3: Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah, just the 30,000-foot view. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: Jordan, it's always a pleasure <laughs> Thank to have you back on the show. Thank you for joining the Two-Timers Club. It's a real honorable club. I hope I
3: get the Three-Timers Club soon, too. <laughs> one
0: of these days, sooner than later. Uh, Jordan, again, real pleasure. Thank, <laughs> Thank you for coming you. over this morning. Thanks, Thanks you. a lot. And yeah. we'll be back to the show, folks, in just a moment.
1: Way down here be level running your state
0: thank you once again to Jordan Carp, uh, at distillingcom Check out all their products. It was his choice of Mexico by James Taylor.
1: Which I talked you know, him into. I gotta tell you, I'm a little bit unapprehensive right now to say this before Jordan gives me some advertising dollars, but I don't know if you've ever had that bourbon he makes. It's so good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's
1: it's good. really, really good. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> it's very good.
0: i told him that. Uh, as a matter of fact, I asked him a new non-sequitur question. It's not gonna be uh, part of the Udicast lightning round going forward. I don't think. Okay. Uh, but I used it for him because it made sense. So I think it just bears that I do it with you guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, I, can, I can go first after I give it since I've already thought about it. I'll give you guys a minute. The question is, if you could sit down and have a drink with anybody, alive or dead, who would it be? Yeah. I can give you guys a minute on this if you want and I can go with the ones that I chose if you'd like.
2: Okay.
0: Uh, my answer was uh, Twilight Zone creator Rod Serling. Uh, Rod Serling, if you guys don't know, born in Syracuse, New York, um, he was uh, born a Jewish man, but had to hide it because of uh, Hollywood and the way it worked in that time. He was very influential uh, with television, with uh, the use of film, the use of like licensed material. Yeah. Uh, a brilliant, brilliant man. Rod Serling. Yeah, one of the all time greats. Uh, he died, passed away in Binghamton. They actually have one of the signs up, like the New York State like signs that says "Home of This is where Rod Serling passed away." So right. that's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, Rod Serling. And then uh, I'll, I have another one, but I think you, I don't want to cut it from you. So if someone else wants to yeah. take one.
1: Uh, okay. I mean, I mean, I could. The tough thing is, like, once you get into like your top twenty, it's tough to even qualify with who you were. So I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you three answers. Three answers, Dang. good. Um, my sentimental answer is my mom. That of would be great. You Certainly. know what I mean? So like, how do you pick anybody Certainly. over that? Um, but then I look at like historically, mm-hmm. somebody who's long dead, probably uh, Mark Twain would be great for me. Mark Twain, I would really, really enjoy yeah. sitting down on like. A nice porch somewhere down south drinking like some bourbon in the sun. That'd yes. be all right. Talking to Mark Twain about the world. Um, and maybe it's just recency and what's going on right now, but I think right now would be a really interesting time to sit down and have a drink with uh, Barack Obama. Oh, yeah. Oh. It'd be a really interesting oh. time to this? sit down with him and just <laughs> like get like a dark booth towards the back of the bar and just like ask some questions, talk about some things. Sharon Newport. He's still got a couple. I think he's back on. Bro. Oh, he'll be sneaking around. He's <laughs> sneaking now. around. Now. It's got to be, you know, he must have had a great like next morning whatever day the inauguration it was the 20th it was yeah. Friday his Saturday morning was probably great oh my god it had to be a great Saturday morning for like every president they've done the job for eight years and I was like <sighs> sleep in you know what I mean for like a week <laughs> <laughs> Mar, you got anybody
2: I would probably can I pick a group of people
0: that depends on the group let's find out I
2: would say the cast of Parks and Recreation.
0: Mm, the cast of okay. Parks and Recreation. Yeah, that's fair. Literally,
2: no good reason except I love all of them and maybe fun. If
0: you were forced to pick one, who do you got?
2: Aubrey yeah. Plaza. No. Yeah.
0: Ooh, I was gonna be in on that one. Okay, go ahead.
2: Who are you gonna say?
1: Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I, I do
2: love her. That's, that's me, though. A, yeah. That's
1: a different kind of have a drink. Yes, I think. that's a very that's a different... different. That's a different kind of have a drink with. Mm.
0: I think realistically, though. <laughs> I I get it. If I wasn't, no, I would actually love to have a conversation with Chris Pratt. I think he'd be the most down dude in the world. Yeah. I would have to go off of him. I would have to go oh
2: my god what am I thinking Daw, Nick Offerman that's so stupid of me that's fair
0: that he was, was uh, dumb. That he was, was one, dumb. one of the celebrities who showed up at the women's march doing yeah. funny stuff oh my
2: god did you see oh my god he was hysterical <laughs> I love him I would do Nick Offerman and his wife because mm-hmm. they sure are they. oh my god they're amazing together
1: one of those few couples that makes you think marriage works right oh yeah that's an interesting question you can keep that maybe non-Sacklers. Maybe not for everybody but I like that question you like that one that yeah. sparks a lot of conversation because I, mean, mm. I, could, I could talk are probably 10 more people that I think
0: maybe
1: mm. would make my list.
0: Mm. All right, guys. Uh, I know you guys thought because we talked for four minutes we weren't going to do history lessons, but God you're wrong.
1: Damn. <laughs> oh
2: my God. Every time. we were
0: so uh, close. I thought we had em. some David, good ones this Wait, week. I thought of on one more verse. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Shout outs this week. Some good ones, though. Uh, on this day uh, in 1849. Uh, Elizabeth Blackwell became the first recognized female to be a doctor in the United States. Oh, after, yay! Yeah, after getting her medical degree from Geneva College in New York. Oh, that's you know,
2: cool.
1: Okay, you get a pass for that because you know I can't say shit about that right now in this climate. Okay. <laughs> you better have another good fact. On this day in 1957, uh, toy company WAMO uh,
0: invented the Frisbee. So, for all you nerds at the Utica Frisbee Club, you should be thanking the wham company today because today's the day.
1: Shout out to all these GFOPs. Out.
0: <laughs> Shout out to Bruno. I love you, buddy. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, on this date in 1984, this one's mostly for, for my... I feel like t- they would've
1: had Frisbees before that. I don't mean to derail you, but it seems like that would've been, like, an ancient thing that we've well, been throwing around for millennia. It
0: was probably the first time it was marketed as the Frisbee, yeah, right? Like, but, Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 1984, uh, on this day, uh... Wrestling legend Hulk Hogan defeats the Iron Sheik to win his first WWE championship.
2: That's
0: pretty fun. There you go, Hulkster. And finally, on this day in 1965, uh, the passing uh, of legendary uh, politician Winston Churchill. Uh, I had a good Winston Churchill quote. He's the only reason I wanted to say that. Uh, One of my favorites. (laughs) Churchill's Uh, great. Yeah, Churchill's great. This is my favorite Churchill quote. Uh, Success is going from failure to failure uh, without loss of enthusiasm. I like that quote. Okay. I just think that's pretty good. Girl. <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, like that quote, Drea. I do okay. like that quote. Listen, no, because I think that I was a guy who gives I give up on a lot of stuff. I'm like a starter, but not a finisher. Do you know what I mean? I do that with so many things over my life, uh, and I it's some, it. it's sometimes important. Thank you, I appreciate that. And sometimes it's important to know that, like you know, it's okay to fail as long as you keep working forward onto something else and something else and something else.
2: Good point. So
0: there you go. I put one up for the school kids every day so they can. Oh. I'm a big quote guy. I like quotes. Really? I, mean, I like quotes. I
2: didn't think that at all.
0: Did you not? I'm a history major. It makes sense.
2: You're being really. sarcastic. <laughs>
0: right. A bit. Um, so quick shout out, real quick, uh, to our maiden Utica lads. Uh, I like to put maiden Utica people forward. Hungry Uticans had a new post out this week. I never talk about the Hungry Uticans, but they're out there doing that work, uh, doing the they restaurant really reviews. They really
1: do. Just, just out there grinding, putting out regular content. They do a great job. They really do, and it's nice. It's a nice, like, consumable piece of content. Yeah. It's Not too long, but it's very informative. You do do a great job. I know. We, Shout out to uh, Becky and Rick. Yeah. It's
0: like it's funny because we do a lot of Made in Utica stuff, and I feel like sometimes I don't always pay attention to what everyone else in the satellite is doing because there's I think, a lot of people I think doing sometime, a lot of I think
1: sometimes we try not to because we could just make the whole show like the Made in Utica podcast show. I could, I suppose. You know what I mean? Like it would be easy to talk about every single thing. So sometimes you forget about some of the good work that flies <laughs> under the radar. Did you
2: hear about Utica Roasting?
1: No, what happened?
2: They're the number one, what is it, number one like coffee shop in New York or really? like coolest coffee shop Hell, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Way
0: to go, Frank. Shout out Yay. to GFOP Frankie Elias. See, got to get him back on now. He's a big shot. Sorry if yeah. I
2: totally butchered that, but no, I, I knew a little bit of information.
0: <laughs> it's good to know, know info. That's all I
2: know. Uh,
0: guys, I want to get into a topic and uh, this is a little bit uh, off color for of what we normally talk about. We're going to talk about drugs today. Yeah?
2: I was, oh, yeah. Okay. okay.
0: Yay! Right. Okay. Uh, so, I read an interesting article this week, and it was uh, it was about the three deadliest drugs in America oh. all being considered legal. Legal drugs. So, what do you guys think, just off the top of your head before I write them off, what are the top three most deadly drugs?
2: Caffeine, alcohol, nicotine.
0: You got two of them. Alcohol and nicotine.
1: Uh, the third one is also legal? Yes. Um... I mean, unless we unless we get you know, like some weird thing, like probably some sort of like prescription drug. I mean, yeah. prescription drugs, yeah. prescription opioid painkillers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 so yeah, that's one
0: of those big talking points that's been going on a lot, uh, around lately, especially with uh, marijuana legalization being such a big thing. Uh, I just think it's fascinating, right? Uh, and a lot. Of, I'm gonna throw some numbers at you guys and see what you think about this. Uh, so this is uh, this is with the numbers for 2015. These are the uh, deaths that were directly responsible. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, the drugs had to be directly responsible for these deaths, right? So there's going to be some quantifiers in here in just a minute. But uh, tobacco was directly responsible for 437,000 deaths in in 2015. That
2: breaks my heart.
0: It's rough, right? I know. Uh, Alcohol... Thirty-three thousand one hundred and seventy-one. That's
2: all. it. That's what I was saying. Well, here's say.
0: here's the thing. That number actually goes up to eighty-eight thousand if you include car accidents or homicide, uh, okay. right? Yeah. See, okay. So, oh, but yeah. we're talking about I'm talking about direct okay. like yeah, effects you. of drugs on your body, the actual okay. drug itself, and opiate, uh, opioid opioid uh, painkillers at seventeen thousand five hundred. A um, couple things about this. Now, certainly, you could say, well, obviously, those are going to be numbers one or two, because they're legal and they're available to everybody, right? Like, heroin is definitely more dangerous for you than smoking a cigarette, but considerably less people do heroin than smoke cigarettes. Mm. I got to say, as a guy who struggles with, like, smoking cigarettes and not smoking cigarettes, I always feel like I should be quitting, but I never am. Uh, That's a scary one for me. Cigarettes, more than almost any other thing in the world, of all the vices I've fallen into in my life, that's the one that really... Gives me the greatest concern for my my future.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like alcohol is the most insidious one. I think you're right. Although for me personally, because of my relationship with alcohol, I'm not as con- doesn't concern me as much. I've always you know you know, right, right, you know how sense. I feel about
1: alcohol. Well,
2: Overconsumption so. is so
1: glorified. Well, not and not even but not even just that because the real and like that is that's completely overglorified. But where it really sneaks in is it gets easy for people to it's something that's weaved in everywhere all the time and it's you know i've seen it with people i know and like get caught up and it just becomes a thing where because it's not only like you know socially acceptable socially encouraged in a lot of situations for a lot of people you don't really realize it until like people start you know accelerating and pushing down much more than they think they are well think about this though like at, at a certain point in time, alcohol and tobacco
0: were both accepted parts of American society. It wasn't until a certain time that tobacco started to get that push. Like, tobacco usage is actually at some of the lowest points it's been in ever, ever, right? Because of years of campaigns against it and, like, uh, you know, uh, like, the health ads you see, they're always the worst ads on television. They're always those terrible, like, you're going to die from cancer and get a hole in your throat. Stop smoking. But those have an effect. Mm-hmm. Like, but alcohol is still daily ingrained in people's lives yeah. and holidays and parties and events and after work and you go to the bar and this and that. Uh, you don't see cigarettes in... Like, cigarettes are almost, like, wiped away from... Like, you don't see movies anymore or people true. smoke cigarettes anymore. Well,
1: and that's the thing, too, with, like, there's... Yeah, there's a, Sometimes you see it, but it's become, like, yeah. not the way that it was. Like, they do it almost to prove a point now. Yeah. But it's not people just for, like, a character tick. But I think the thing is with, you know... Um, there, there's nobody out there talking about, like, alcohol and how it's, like, bad or taboo the way that people are with tobacco right now. Mm. And that's the trick because, like, you could probably have, like, you just had some whiskey and a glass of yes. some ice cubes. You could have three of those every night starting at 6.30, 7 o'clock, you know, whatever, when you get home. And you could casually have a couple of drinks every yes. night. And it's not going to do anything to you. You're not going to throw away your life, become an alcoholic, anything crazy like that. But if you do that every night for twenty years, you're gonna have similar health problems as somebody mm-hmm. who smoked for twenty years. Right. Yeah. And it's the exact same thing. But that doesn't get the huge, huge advertising dollars of, "Hey, watch out for this. This could happen to you." Here's a blackened organ on right. a table with some weird music behind it. But you could also, you could also take out that that alcohol and replace
0: it with like a McDonald's value meal, and, yeah, it's, the, and it's the same exact. It's the same exact story with a similar ending. Do you know what
1: I mean? very much could. And that's something that doesn't even get talked about is the concept of addiction, like true psychological addiction when it comes to food and things like sugars Mm. and things like that. That's also very real.
2: Because nothing's done in moderation anymore. Everyone wants to overdo everything all the time. And that's the thing. Like, you can drink in moderation. You can eat fast food in moderation. But nobody wants to do that because they're all addicting.
1: Exactly. I, I feel like most of the... A lot of people get to a point, but you see the people who hit that cutoff. Because like I would say right now, the vast majority of people I know drink in moderation every time they drink. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The vast majority, with certainly some outliers. But you can see those people as you get older, like especially with drinking. Because like college, especially if you go to like a four year college somewhere, um, I mean. You know, drinking and binge drinking is a huge part of the culture of every college I've ever been near or heard about. You know what yeah. I mean? And you can see people start to cleave off as you get older, like yeah. people who just can't leave the party, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. And it's wild to watch. Like at 30 and I look back at people who went and, you know, became alcoholics in college and are still oh. alcoholics today. Oh, yeah. And that's a wild thing that right. people don't really <laughs> talk about is like, you know, this huge, I, I don't know if you're going to call it, epidemic of like yeah. 25, 30-year-old alcoholics. Well, let me ask you a question about the the opioids thing, because that sort of stands out to me, is,
0: like, of all the drugs that they had on this list, you know, tobacco, alcohol, say what you want about them, they're still legal, they're still uh, ingrained in society. The opioids thing is only something I feel like came into consciousness in society relatively recently, compared to the other two, is, like, a thing that could be a problem going forward, right? Prescription drugs are scary to me anyway. Oh, my God. Uh, Well, look, prescription drugs, it just seems to me, it's just so dangerous, right? How do you...
2: And you want to know what the worst thing about it is, is that you think you can trust the fact that you're taking it because it's given to you by a doctor. Right. Like, there have been people in my life who were addicted to prescription drugs and have never been addicted to anything before in their life. And they didn't even know they were addicted to it until it was too late. You know what I mean? That's how it
1: works. Exactly. Nobody nobody makes a choice to get addicted.
2: No. Yeah. Nobody thinks that a doctor is going to give you something that can... That can ruin your life.
1: Well, no, because they I mean they tell you, they make that pretty clear to you. It's and not it's, the doctor's
2: fault. Well, it's crazy because I remember when I was younger, I must have been like fifteen. I, I went to the doctor for a stomach bug and mm-hmm. he gave me what? Like something like thirty oxycontin? Yeah. I, I took a half of one and I just Oh, I mean, I projectile vomit everywhere. It was disgusting, and I, I remember I was so young, and I'm like, wow, I can't imagine if I was older and I had dabbled with like pot or something like that, and I I had actually liked that high, and I had gone home with thirty of them for a stomach bug. Mm-hmm. I would have been hooked. It would have been over.
0: Yeah, um, I think, and I think marijuana. It's funny about marijuana because now marijuana is at a place where. Uh, the, back, the the other side of it is people are like oh you nothing you can whatever it's no big deal now right cuz it's like the hot thing and it's legal marijuana and states are going to legalize it now because of the money that's going to pour in or whatever you know right. whatever you think is going to happen with marijuana in the future right and, and to be fair, a lot of the numbers that people say, like, oh, like, THC, you can't die from smoking THC, right? That's, like, a thing I always heard. It's was, like, you, you could smoke 18 pounds of marijuana and you wouldn't die from it because THC doesn't do anything to you. Right. Yes and no, right? Like, first off, you'd die from smoke inhalation from your lungs would explode. Uh, but also, like, marijuana has its own set of problems, mm-hmm. right? Like, South Park did the best marijuana episode I ever saw. It was an early episode. And one of the things that Randy said to his son was basically, like, marijuana makes it okay for you to just do nothing. Right? Yeah. Like maybe it's not as you know insidious as you will with like a drug like alcohol or tobacco or no that's
1: also that's also yeah. insidious that's yeah. what the word means that it it sneaks in on you when yeah. you don't really see it coming until it's got its claws in and that's the thing I think that the, you have to make a point to look at the pros and the cons with everything yeah you know what I mean I've not a lot of people that smoke weed over the course of my life yeah I really have <laughs> you know what I mean and like. Uh, for the majority of yeah. these people, you know what I mean. They they would tell you a lot of people I've known say all about the positives, but like in order to really have a relationship with it, just like you said, it has to be moderation, right. as yep. with yep. everything else.
2: Yep, exactly. Overconsumption. <laughs>
1: So there you go. That wasn't so bad. We didn't we didn't touch on anything too
0: scandalous, right? I don't
1: think anyone needs to call their lawyer. <laughs> one needs to call our lawyers or anything.
0: Uh, I had more stuff, but again, we didn't need to get to it. Good good work today, guys. Yay. Feeling positive. Uh, folks, thanks for joining us again. Episode 83. They're going by real quick. We're they really, they're starting to fly fast. Climbing up toward 100. Starting very to fly quickly, fast. Very charging quick. towards
2: 100.
0: <laughs> folks, you can follow us on uh, on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Unicast. We never talk about Facebook on here. We do have a Facebook page. Do you
1: want to read Brand at episode 100, like completely rebrand, like Aqua Teen, just like I have a new show that's like a weird alternate reality version of our show. <laughs> I got big plans. we got to talk soon as we're mm, off I'm
0: here. I'm into <laughs> it. I like it a lot.
1: Uh, follow Kevin on Twitter at underscore Kevin
0: Sullivan. Fight uh, me about climate change. Fight him about climate change. Follow Mara on Twitter at Olivia uh, Mara Olivia with two A's uh, follow me on Twitter, but only talk about soccer because I don't have a head for it anymore. <laughs> at SFDoom, uh, uticast, uh dot com, all the latest episodes, all the old episodes. Send us a mailbag question. Hit us up on Instagram, whatever. We love social media, folks. We will see you next week.
1: Whew.
0: Wow, I know, right?
1: Eh? Jeez, it's a long one.
0: You're today oh, wow. You're really winding down. Yeah, got to wind them down. Tony Corn, Tony it going on right there for you? Kornheiser. <laughs>